Love for me is a higher power, but at a deeper level, I would say love is all that we are, right? When you pull that onion analogy that you talked about as part of my work, I like to imagine, even though there is no destination, if there was a destination and you pulled back all those layers and you got to one spot, that spot would be, again, that four-letter word. So for me, it's that higher power and it's that, that home space that we all are wanting to come back to. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Good evening, morning, afternoon, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the show. Another special rebroadcast episode with your host, Harrison. This time today, I had the pleasure to be interviewed and have a chat on another powerful show with my friend, the beautiful Claudia Delano on her Awakened Journey platform. We had a powerful chat about all things going deeper into love, all of the mystical, spiritual, and loving foundations of this journey that you hear me speak about a lot on this show, but condensed into one chat today. So I hope it brings you a lot of guidance and a lot of insight. If it does, please make sure you go check out Claudia's show. Give her some love over there on her on her show, on her platform. But with that, please enjoy, open your mind, open your heart, and let's take a beautiful journey together. I'm really, really excited, as you know, to have you on and get to talk about uh, where you come from in your heart space. So I'm hoping that you can just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this moment here today. Well, first of all, Claudia, I just want to honor you. It was nice to hear so that outline and, and the bio of sort of the work that I'm doing in this world, as you as I'm sure you're familiar with, it's something that I'm constantly evolving and tweaking and changing. And uh, that that bio that you just read out, it's my most recent iteration. And it was really nice to hear you speak it from your space of love and power. And I, I just, I want to honor you for really stepping into this and having this interview with me today, because it's already bringing me some deeper reflections, just hearing you read that to me and really feel into those words. But to answer your question and to sort of go a bit deeper here as we start this chat, I guess, I mean, it depends on what other questions you want to ask, but I really show up in this world at the moment with the work that I do because I've spent so much of my you know, adult life, I'm 30 years of age currently, and I've spent so much of my, you know, my, my, my 20s, my late early 20s, late 20s, really searching for that spiritual being that you were talking about in that bio. And as I've sort of gone through my own layers of the onion, I've realized that not only is this doable for me, <laughs> but this is something that's very doable for everyone. And I was just thinking about this this morning. I, I look out into the world and there's so there's, there's such a focus on the pain. There's such a focus on the fear. There's such a focus on the heaviness, the resistance, the trauma. And don't get me wrong. I, I think we need that focus as a, as a psychotherapist. I'm sure you know this very well. But what we're often overlooking in that observation is we're not allowing our light 
the time of day. We're not allowing our light elements, our light work, our light presence to come forward. And I think when you ask me this question, a big part of my work at the moment and the big part of my journey has been coming back to my light, right? And and asking myself, what does that look like through the inner child? What does that look like through ancestral healing? What does that look like by activating the chakra system and everything in between? So that's what comes up, my friend. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I think that that's, that's where I find so much of my resonance with you is that I do believe we need to address our stories of pain. Yeah. Um, and I think they're ongoing. I think they're evolving. They're not just stuck in the past. Uh, at the same time, I like, you know, the way you put it, which is that activation of light in order to attend to the inner child and yes. all these places where we can create amazing, amazing joy and love. So that is sort of my next question for you. I'm curious if you can define love and why it's so central. So there's no right or wrong answer here. It's it's the way you perceive it. How do you define love? And, and tell us about why it's so central to your work. So I laugh because uh, on my show, this is one of my favorite questions <laughs> to ask people. And as you know, my friend, and uh, I, I don't get I don't get often asked it myself. So it's been nice to have this mirror already reflected back onto me. So I put simply, I'll give a simple answer, and then I'll give a deeper answer. To me, love is a higher power. And the reason I say that is I grew up in a a religious household, and luckily it was not you know, it wasn't abusive. It wasn't traumatic, but there was something about it that didn't feel correct to me. I grew up in a, I went to a Catholic school growing up and we were told that there is this figure, there is this being on a cloud keeping score of the, of the actions that we're moving through. Mm. And without going off into a whole spiritual religious tangent on that, for me, something inside of me didn't resonate with that. So for a long time, I, I actually pulled away from what a higher power was. I actually, I wouldn't say I became atheist, but I became very close to it. And, you know, long story cut short, what ended up bringing me back to spirituality, what bring, bringing me back to mysticism and spiritual healing and my own awakening was actually substituting that God word or that divine word or that, you know, whatever your word is for that higher power with love. So put simply, love for me is a higher power, but at a deeper level, I would say love is all that we are, right? When you pull that onion analogy that you talked about as part of my work, I like to imagine, even though there is no destination, if there was a destination and you pulled back all those layers and you got to one spot, that spot would be, again, that four-letter word. So for me, it's that higher power and it's that that home space that we all are wanting to come back to. And it's, and I guess this last thing I would say is it's also a, a place where we can feel safe again. Cause I think a lot of the world, especially when we talk about trauma, a lot of us are looking for that safety, that support, that security to do the inner work. And we often overlook the feeling of safety that love can give us. Mm. Mm. You know, that's interesting because I am going to be asking you about the inner child. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to get there. But but I guess in the way that you're speaking about your experience, 
I, I'd like to build off of that and see if you can add something to it, because I want to know if you are able to tell us a little bit about a time when your heart has been broken and how you have been able to move through that. So as I'm sure many of your listeners can relate, uh, I, when you ask me that question, I get a flurry of experiences that come up. So it's not just, not just one. And I think that's a good thing ultimately, because I think as Rumi said, it is, it is the, the scar is where the light enters us. Right. So I think that's a beautiful way to be, but the thing that the moment that really resonates deeply when you ask that question is I, you know, I think this is probably not a surprise to many people. I spent a big part of my late, late teens, early twenties, as a lot of adolescents in this world are doing, uh, I sleep and I, I, whether it was, I spent a lot of time drinking, spent a lot of time, uh, traveling, which was beautiful, but traveling for kind of the wrong reasons for like escaping and running from things and, and, uh, uh you know, r- r- bad relationships, all the things. And I, but I built an identity around all of this. I built an identity that became who I was. Harrison was the partier. H- Harrison was the, 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 the boy that had all the, the patches of the countries had visited on his bag and was identified as the, the worldly nomad. Mm. And for a while, this brought me a lot of solace and this brought me a lot of uh, expansion. But on one, one fateful day, it was all snatched away from me. I was, um, uh, I was detained mm. and, and, and deported in, uh, uh, in LAX. Mm. And without going to the details of all of that, it, it, it basically took that persona that I had built for years and years and flipped it on its, on its head. And now that same persona was telling me that I was a horrible criminal that, that didn't deserve the things that were giving me love. And it, that was a heartbreak. That was that my heart definitely cracked open. Mm. And that was one of the main uh, impetuses and, and moments that the only now direction I could go, because I'd spent so many years going outwards, so many years going to the external person, place or thing, because all of that was taken away. Now the only direction I could go was in inside. Yeah. And, and that really began that, that journey. So thank you, first of all, uh, for disclosing that and sharing that. I think it's, it's really important to these conversations that so many of us are having online with each other in sharing our stories, it's it's in order to get to that that real cosmic love experience and live in it, we really have to talk about these these heartbreaks, these spaces yeah. where we we went deep. And I love that you have such insight about how that that persona, that identification was split. So this 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 story had been built around this is who I am. I've become worldly and, you know, traveled and all of these things. And to have that crashing, that is what I mean when I ask Mm -hmm. about our heartbreak. It's not just that romanticized space, but it is how we romanticize ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And I, and I just, as I was listening to your words, then had an image come into my head of, you know, the hero's journey. And I know this was my, my story. Part of my story was, and maybe people can relate to this, the urge that I had to travel, the urge that I had to meet, you know, relationships to, to get to these higher states of being with the substances I was taking that in itself, I think is very normal and natural. That in itself is actually, if we were in a, and I don't, and I don't say this word very lightly, a normal, normal, healthy collective and system of systems. I think that hero's journey would be one of a inwards journey. It would be one, it would be, it would be um, incubated. It would be, it would be, there would be elders around us there would be a tribe around us that would allow us to go on the you know here in australia we call it going walkabout right or you hear about it in the native american communities right it's it's going on that that pilgrimage to to find your soul again to find that spirit but i think in this western world where there is and, and this we'll get to this i'm sure when we talk about the inner child there's so many layers of obscurity on top of that truth that it gets to the point where we think that the only direction we can go is outside, right. And doing all of the things. Right. Right. I I think that's exactly the truth, which is we're in such an individualistic mindset and our world is really set up for that individualistic space so that we are operating. I mean, here I am, you know, there are, there are benefits, but the cost is really high, right? Here I am in Singapore, you're in Australia. Thank God for the internet and this amazing thing, because we get to build our, Mm -hmm. you know, our world of love and connect and find each other in these ways. Yet when the heart breaks, that village is really, truly important, really knowing who to go to for your medicine, who to go to for your heart, who to go to for your food, all the different places, <laughs> right. That fill us and make us whole so that we can go through that journey. And a tip I would give to people listening that might feel alone in this, that don't have that tribe. Right. And this is, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you've told this on the, on your podcast yet, my friend, but just because we don't physically see the tribe around us doesn't mean that that tribe isn't there. And what I mean by that is, I mean, without going off into a whole conversation about loving entities, just talking about physical people, right? How did you, how did we get in touch, right? You followed your heart pull and messaged me and now we are connected, right? And I would ask, I would ask the question to people listening, was that connection made or was that connection always there? And due to the heart and tuning into the heart space, and I call it your heart compass, it allowed for some direction to be to be stepped into. So the tip I would give to people listening is don't feel that the physical parameters around you restrict you. Right. If we can speak, go into our heart space and ask the, ask the question, what needs to be done? What step do I need to take? What person do I need to reach out to? Often the answers are there. We're just not asking the question. Absolutely. And, and, and what I would add to that is that we need courage. We need curiosity. We need to be able to take 
that desire and put it out into the world because it's, I love the idea that, that we can find everything inward, but there's some confusion going on in the world around that, which is part of our inward world is in our connectivity externally yeah. to others. Yeah. So we have to take the risk. We have to really say the things that we are needing, that we are wanting um, yes. and that we are feeling. So on that note, I'd like to guide you into some conversation about the inner child. And what I'm curious about is if you can tell us who your inner child is. <laughs> what a lovely way to open this conversation. So I think about this quite often, as, as you would imagine. And he is constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly shifting. But at the moment, he is one of awe. He is one of wonder. He is one of play and curiosity. And these are themes that come up quite often. But I, these themes are coming up big for me right now because, and maybe we'll get into this later, I uh, am opening up to more dimensions of my spiritual world, right? And without getting too deeply into that, I'm, I've recently started connecting to more of my higher self. And when I connect to my inner child, the inner child is one of the pathways to communicate with my higher self. So the, the values and the themes and the attributes that I connect into when I'm connecting to my inner child to then speak to my higher self is one of curiosity, one of awe, one of play, and one of uh, openness in many ways. Mm. So I'm curious how that openness to that inner child operates mm. in terms of soul remembrance. Mm. Can you tell us about that? So it's a, the first word that comes up is gateway. It's a window. Mm. So let me explain it from a trauma lens. One of the reasons that I enjoy bringing in a child work into my coaching and, and supporting people that come into my life is a big part of trauma is disconnection. And so if we understand that, if that is something that we can logically understand, the next question that comes up is disconnected from what? Disconnected mm -hmm. from, from our heart, disconnected from our truth, disconnected from our soul, our our, our deeper, the deeper part of the spiritual being that we are. So going back to your question, the openness of the inner child, what it allows us to do is to see that essence and more importantly, feel that essence, right? We talked about this on, on our show, on my show, when you came on and we talked about how there are really sort of two frameworks, if you want to call them that, that the inner child is sort of being viewed through in this, in this world at the moment, there's the sort of mental health psychoanalytical psychological view and which is often dealing with the trauma and the attachment styles and all the very real things but then there's also the spiritual lens which is that that inner child is part of that soul that divine part of us that is whole and worthy and complete already so coming full circle back to your question when i embody the openness of my inner child it is me in many ways getting out of my own way 
to allow more of my light, to allow more of my soul's wisdom to be embodied through my physical form. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I just want to say for our listeners, just to tune in, if any of this resonates or is still something that's not incredibly reachable, just to take in the energy of what's being shared here through your personal life story and the way that you're experiencing it and perceiving it. I find that in in doing these interviews, it's really important that our conversations are not a truth that's being sold to anyone, but instead are inspiring each and every one of our viewers to really find their own truths and their own stories and their Mm -hmm. own magic uh, through these journeys of awareness. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Um, And Claudia, can I add something to that? Because this is something I say all the time on my show and it just fits perfectly to what you're saying here. As you are listening, feel, right? So so you're you're adding this about the the frequency, but I would get more specific with it. I would say, feel the frequency of the words connected to your story, like you're saying, but notice in this moment, certain areas of your being, right? So without getting too complicated, our inner child experience, our inner child story, our inner child healing is very energetically linked to different areas of our being. And this is why I I, I factor in the chakra conversation to the inner child, because each energy center connects to a different part of our body. So just to put this very simply, as you're listening to to these words today, if your heart starts beating faster, or you feel something in your stomach, or you feel a closing or an opening in your throat, or you feel maybe that down in that sacral space, you feel something moving. You don't need to analyze it. You don't need to break it down. All you need to just sit with it because that in itself, there might be some healing in that. So I would just add that. I think it's a fantastic addition. And and I'd like you to build on that because the, the next thing that I'd really like to share with viewers is how do you in your life, because I, this question comes up all the time, which is there's a there's a beautiful projection that because we live in this spiritual way of life, that there's this consistent sense of everything is always at this elevated state. And it's not because we're human, but yet it is because it's there and we've opened that beautiful window. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what your real life is in the balance so that people can find that inspiration for those that are looking to be on a more spiritual track. How do you do it? So it's a good question. And it is one where it, it reminds me of this, this journey that we're walking. And the reason I say that is I often catch myself in that same trap that you're highlighting here is that I need to be constantly in the highs or paradoxically, I need to be constantly in the trenches doing the work. And it's not one or the other. It's a, it's an and conversation, not an or conversation. And I think a big part of this is awareness. So to answer your question, for me, what it looks like is constant is, and this might sound daunting to people, but I'll, I'll, I'll expand it more. It's constant 
introspection. It's constant real it's constantly realizing that sensitivity is a beautiful thing. Mm. And what I mean by that is the more that I've awakened to my truth, the more that I've continued down the spiritual path, the more sensitive that I've become. And if you'd if you'd said that to if if I'd said that to myself five years ago, 10 years ago, I immediately would have seen that as a weakness. I would have immediately seen that as something wrong. I would have immediately seen that as something that needs to be medicated or treated. Mm. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to everyone listening. That could not be further from the truth, right? Sensitivity is your superpower. Sensitivity is the way in many ways that the spiritual being speaks through the human form. So coming back to your question, what my day looks like is is this leaning into this sensitivity and asking myself in the moment what is needed, right? In this moment right now, do I need to do the work? Do I need to sit down in meditation and sit with that inner child aspect that was just wounded by my, by that conversation with my dad? Do I check in with myself in this moment? And do I just need to go sit out in the sun and do nothing, right? It's constantly asking ourselves what is going to be the step I can take for my highest good and being okay with that step being on one side of the coin, right? So if it's in the masculine, okay, it's going to be me doing something, right? Doing the shadow work, doing the healing. Mm -hmm. But if it's in the feminine, it's also being okay that nothing is an answer, Mm -hmm. right? Just sitting here for a second, breathing, right? Being okay, having a nap, right? Tuning into my body, whatever it is. But taking the step to ask because, and this is the last thing I would say to this, most of us are not asking, Mm. right? Most of us are like I was for a long time, Mm. are exporting our choices, exporting the, the, the question and the answer, right? We're always going to a, the media or going to the therapist or going to the coach or going to the doctor. And believe me, they have a role, but the person the element, the energy that has the biggest role is your inner knowing. And we have to ask it because if we don't ask, it's not going to give us the answer. I couldn't agree more. And it's really eloquently said because the the idea of, of going to that answer really means, especially for so many of us now that we have our phones on hand and the millions of thoughts that are firing you know, within the course of an hour, we are searching for answers. Why are we all doing this with this this device? Because it's our human nature to have constant curiosity about how did I get here? And yet what we've enculturated is a disconnection from our senses. We have highlighted a lot of our intellectual senses into a place that says these are valuable because they contribute to our well being economically. It puts food on the table, it helps support our families, and it's important. But it has also led to a disconnection from our emotions and our sensitivities. So I, I do want to push a little bit further with you because you've brought up such an important point, which is opening up to your sensitivities and highlighting them as a strength. And I wanna talk about that because what I I want our viewers to know is 
when you own all the parts of yourself, you own that sensitive side as well. It means you have access to every single part of you. And only then can you start to work into full acceptance and love. However, in this case, we have the masculine and the feminine present here today. So I'd like to play off of that. And it's between, it's my masculine and feminine as much as it is yours. Mm. For male viewers who have been indoctrinated out of these sensitivities, do you have a message that you can share in terms of opening that and transitioning it to a place of strength? Mm. So there's a lot here for this one. And this is, a, as you can imagine, a big part of my journey, right? A big part of my own path. I, uh, just to give a bit backstory and connecting it also to the inner child conversation, a big part of finding my voice and it, doing the work that I do now in the world was actually starting to move through this limiting belief as a child that speaking your emotions as a man and speaking your sensitivities and allowing your divine feminine to move through the masculine body as a man, not only is it not weak and not only is it okay, it's actually empowering, right? This was a belief that I had as a child, right? That I had to reprogram, that I had to release through inner child healing, right? It was the opposite. It was, I had to push my emotions down. If I was being feminine as a male, that it was unmasculine, it was not powerful, it was not strong, all the things like you're saying. So I just want to highlight this as I go a bit deeper here for people, for men listening in particular, that if you have resistance to this, one, it's okay. And two, it's a sign that, you know, deeper loving work is needed, yeah. right? And for a lot of us, and this is where, and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this later, but just to plant the seed, this is also where ancestral healing comes in because most of us, men and women, but I'll just speak to the men, the men that feel like they can't express their sensitivities, it most likely, and I'll actually say most definitely didn't just start with you, right? Your father probably suppressed his feminine, your grandfather suppressed his feminine, and now that suppression is in you, right? So just speaking to the men listening, how I have acknowledged the power and the strength of the sensitivities and the feminine within the physical male body is just doing it. But I could tell you all day, I could give you 10, 20 reasons why the feminine sensitive expression in the male body is powerful. But what I could also do say to you with love is test it out and see what happens. Right. Right. Because that's how I've acknowledged the power I've acknowledged. And I'll give examples here that when I've been in beautiful conversations like this one right now, and I've allowed my sensitivities, my emotions to move through me, not only was it, was I not too much, not only was I not weak, not only was I not being something that I was not, it actually allowed for more exploration. It allowed for more value. It allowed and gave the other person permission to do the same thing, to explore their sensitivities, right? So my main sort of tip here for the men listening is we have to remember that we have a choice within the beliefs that bind us. So if I have a belief inside of me that says, I'm weak when I express my feminine sensitivities, the first step is acknowledging that 
I have a choice in whether I want to believe that. Hmm. So I would say to the men, the men, test that belief, right? Ask yourself, is this actually true? And then do the opposite and see what happens. Hmm. And I think you'd be very surprised. Hmm. Thank you. That's such an incredibly thoughtful and useful answer. Um, I, I love that, that you added this element of surprise because that's what can be so scary for so many people about opening up these sensitivities. And yet it is this enormous well of deep opportunity. It really can take you so much further into the whole world that's available to us, as you put it, not just in the present. It really takes us out of time and space. Well, and I'd ask the people listening, ask us why that is, right? Why does why is the channel of sensitivity and emotions and that and stepping into the unknown, like you're saying, why is that, why does that take us to that? space that place and space of no time i would assert it's because while we are not identified and we are not our emotions or our thoughts they are the channel of communication in which our spirit speaks through the human 3d form so and this is what i love to say all the time as i teach people about this you know going back to what i said before not only is our, are our emotions and sensitivities never too much or weak? When you are being sensitive, when you are being emotional and, and allowing yourself to, to be taken by them into the unknown, I would assert you're actually being more of what you are, mm-hmm. right? And more of what you are is that powerful, awakened, full of potential that is beyond time and space, spiritual being that is speaking through the human form, mm-hmm. right? And the more that we accept the communication language of that spiritual being, in this case, being the sensitivities and the emotions, the more that we allow for more of ourselves to show up fully, right? And I think most of us, I put my hand up, that's what we want, right? Yes, that's exactly it. That That's, that's the nirvana, so to speak, <laughs> right? So, you know, recently I'm having a conversation with my husband and I say to him, can you please tell me, you know, because these are little little <laughs> things I think about. Can you please tell me your grandfather's, 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 grandfather's name? Can you, by the way? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't. Um, neither, neither can he. And it's not a, it's not a setup question because. Most of us really don't know. There are plenty of people who are doing a lot of ancestral discovery and might be able to answer that. But what I ask him is, it's interesting because what what have we physically, because that's what we look at, physically inherited, do we look like him? Do we sound like him? All of those pieces we might be able still today to place together. But the question that I'm asking is, do we feel like him? And I think we're just opening up this entire world. And for our listeners, I think some of them might think, 
How can I know how another person feels? Mm. And why is it important for me to know why this legacy of people far behind me, how they feel and how I would know that today. And I'm wondering if you can speak to that. So a lot of little, lot of little tangents we could take this, little alleys we could take this down. But I guess the first thing I would say to this feeling of people is this, this is something I'm really excited about because within the spiritual shift and and spiritual movement, if you want to call it that, that we are all having as a collective, whether you are awakened to it or not, there is a a larger spiritual awakening that we're all moving through. And one characteristic of that awakening is, in my opinion, and this is one of my mentors has been teaching me a lot about this, and I really, I really resonate with it, and I could not agree more with it, is, is a shift and a deeper exploration from just talking about energy and now shifting into frequency. And this is really what I get into here when you ask me this question. When we, when we feel someone else, what are we feeling? <laughs> well, to me, we're feeling their frequency. Yeah. We're feeling and and where frequency differs to energy is that frequency is our unique frequency, is the expression of our energy that is the part of our soul expression that we are uniquely are, right? So without going too deeply here, I think people probably listening to you have the understanding that we are all unique expressions of a one source, right? Whatever, right. whatever you want to call that source, you know, God, Allah, divine, the quantum field, the one mind, all the same thing. We're unique expressions of that. So if we can understand that, then we can also understand that if I'm a unique expression, how does that unique expression identify itself? Well, part of that is this frequency. So going back to what you're saying here with the grandfather, I don't know his name, right? I don't know my great, great, great grandfather's name, but what I could do and what I could learn to do is I could sit in, I could go sit in a meditation after this call and I could set the intention of within that meditation saying, I want to, I want to start connecting to this great, great grandfather. And I want to, I want to learn more about him. And the way that I could begin to do that is saying, I want to, I encourage and I invite my great, great, great grandfather's frequency into my field. And then within that meditation, I'll open my heart and receive and feel what that frequency feels like. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I thank you for making such a, such a differentiation between uh, energy and frequency, because there have been some beautiful studies uh, done, you know, through mitochondrial DNA, looking at how we are similar to like a fly. <laughs> and it's like 99.98 or something. Um, and I talk a lot about this uh, when I'm teaching psychology. I talk about that, that point. I can't remember if it was a point two or a point one, but that point, I talk about how it's significant because that is your unique expression. And it matters because you have manifested into this life to not only embody and experience that unique expression, but to really live it 
to live it in this human form. And what you're sharing with us today is the ability to live it beyond just this tangible space, to be able to take that unique expression, go into that frequency and bring in, bring in these sources. So I'm just going to build one question on that, which is, could you potentially do the same rather than the legacy? There's a big assumption here because I have one child and I don't know if my child's going to have any children, but could we do the same in tapping into the future frequency, into the future of the ancestors that we will become? What a good question. And I don't think I have, I don't think I've thought about this before, but immediately what comes up is, you know, the quantum view of it, right? That I, I, I whenever we talk about the past and then manifesting in the future, the first place I go is the sort of the quantum understanding that the past and the future are all folding into the present, right? And not only do all of my ancestral elements, like you're just alluding to, exist within me now in this present moment. All of my potentialities of every future manifestation exists right now here in this present moment. And I would assert the place it exists is in that quantum cosmic heart space. So, I mean, the short answer is yes to your question. Can we can we expand that frequency out? And I think it all begins with your inwards journey. Right. I do this every single morning. Right. I'm sure you probably have some iteration of this in your practice. Right. I I drop into my daily meditation. And part of that daily meditation is is connecting into that future self, right? Connecting into that future self that already exists inside of me. And how do I do it? This is probably not going to surprise anyone that's been listening to this whole conversation. I feel, right? I feel that frequency just like I would feel the ancestor. I now feel the me that already has the things that I'm looking to manifest, right? right? So it's the same answer, but a slight sort of derivation of it is now I'm sort of, I'm bringing the fold of the future into my present. And again, and this is why it's so important, a slight tangent here. It's so important to, to really nourish and support our physical being because what is the vehicle that's allowing this sensational reality to interpret the frequency through? It's this physical medium. So I need that physical body just as much to manifest that future self, just as much as the, the visualization and the sort of quantum escapades that I go into. Mm, <laughs> mm. Yes. And thank you for that conscious reminder that this really is a practice. It really is. Um, and it's a devotion to that, that quantum self to use your languaging. It really is a devotion and it can be expressed individually. It can be found individually uh, through whatever means, right? Resonates personally for each and every person. However, it's an active process. It is. And I'm, I'm curious in that active process for you, because I'm hearing it, you know, you say you, you go in and you feel. So can we give away a little secret here for listeners? And you're welcome to say no. <laughs> but in the event that you want to take on my invitation, 
can we reveal a little bit about because we have a practice of feeling into ourselves, what is the magic and the transformative work that we do when we are working with others and specifically in your case, when you are coaching others? So the question is, what is that? Where does my sensitivity and my feelings come into when I'm, yes, when I'm because, working with someone? Because you are, you may have a practice of feeling into yourself. Yeah. How does that play into the magic that happens when you're coaching people and you yeah. see them transform? Yeah. Well, going back to going back to the the expressions of the same oneness, right? By me tapping into myself when I'm with someone else, right? And now in this coaching relationship, it's connecting me into the inter- eternal mirror that I am, right? So the degree in which I'm with someone in a coaching relationship, the degree in which I can tap into myself fully and show up fully and, and connect to myself abundantly in all of the ways is the extent in which that person can see the things that they are through me, right? So let me explain this a different way. What When we say I resonate with someone, yes. what does that really mean? What does that really mean? I don't think most people actually yeah. go a bit deeper with this, right? If you're listening to this conversation and something I've said or something Claudia has said, and you say, oh, that resonates. Ask yourself, why does it resonate? Does it re- resonate because it just sounds really nice? Mm. Or does it resonate because the thing that you admire, the thing that is standing out the most within that individual person also exists inside of you, right? So going back to your question, when I'm in these relationships with the people that I get to support, right? I, I help the person to the degree in which my mirror becomes smudge free, right? And that mirror becomes smudge free to the degree I'm willing to allow more of my light through. And part of that is through those sensitivities, through those vulnerabilities, through that openness of the inner child that we talked about before. Thank you. That's that's such a such a clear answer, and I think it's also really important. Um, I think to use not only our magic for ourselves, but to really be able to help the people that we work with understand uh, how the process works, so that it's transparent, so that it's not um, something that's really just held in the mystery of the yeah. person working, but really by sharing that knowledge empowers people working with us to understand where we're coming from, what the work is about, where the intention is and what it takes, Yeah, what it takes and, for us, it takes for them. And you said the word there, you said empowerment, right? That, and I, I don't want to, I don't ever want to throw out judgment because we're, we're all of us are on our own journey, right? And even the people that are, you know, are having struggles, that is there's value in that. But I do want to say that if you're listening to this and you're working with a coach, a therapist, a doctor, practitioner, whoever it is, and that person has now become another codependent relationship where you're going to to get something from them, then that becomes a challenge right? because now this is a space of disempowerment. Even if they're the most best and lovingly intentional being in the world, right? in my opinion, the best healing environment is one 
where that person isn't giving you anything. That person is reminding you what you've been the whole time, right? And what you've been the whole time, and this is the paradox of it, because I know the people listening to this that have gone through trauma and pain and all the things, right? There are layers, right? There are layers we need to move through, but the layers that you go through are always taking you back to a completeness and a worthiness that you've been this whole time. Yes. Yes. And that is love. Yeah. And that is love. Well, thank you. So just a couple of questions here as we, we wrap up, can you tell me one truth that matters to staying awake in your journey? putting yourself first. And what I mean by that is putting yourself first in a non, non-judgmental, not feeling selfish way. Right. I, I know a big part of my journey has been flipping this mantra on, on its head, this idea that whenever I'm not looking after my family, my children, my lovers, my, my, my friends, and I'm putting myself above them, that is me being selfish. Mm. But it's flipping this around and seeing not only is that not selfish, when we self-love first, we show up in more light. We show up in more love. So it's really within this, this I think the biggest truth that I've come within my journey is, and this is from another one of my mentors, this, this uh, mantra, I before we, and we before all, right? And if we can follow that, that truth is something that can seep through everything. Mm, I before we and we before all. Beautiful. Thank you. So, you know, I could be here all day having this, this very enlightening conversation. Your wisdom is just so incredibly beautiful. And I, I want to thank you so much just for taking the time and being here and Hopefully we get to do more of these along the path Uh, to bring it home. Could you guide us through very briefly, something that really helps us to return today to that remembrance, that heart space, wherever you want to take us in this moment. Mm -hmm. Well, Claudia, I just want to say you're, you did a beautiful job today holding space for me. It's so nice to have people, but it's nice to be in someone else's energy to be helped to just be all that we are. So uh, I appreciate you, my friend, and you did a beautiful job. I, this quick little exercise is something that when we, you asked me at the start of the conversation, the self-awareness piece, right? Constantly being, having introspection. And this is something that I do as a part of that, as my daily practice, when things, especially when things get challenging and maybe I'm triggered, maybe I'm, you know, some old stories are playing up, maybe there's some wounds around my inner child, you know, all the things we've talked about today. Something that I do is, especially if I have a question, I need to make it take a step and an action needs to be taken. I stop for a second and I drop into my body, put my hands on my heart, a few breaths sometimes help, right? So especially breathing into the nose, into the belly and breathing slowly out of the mouth. And really being mindful and noticing 
what wants to come up, wants to, wants to be felt, right? Not feeling like we need to do anything. And then actively in the mind's eye, dropping into the heart, right? That could look like you could see a heart, you could see a cartoon image, you could see your chest, you could see a heart truck or whatever it is, just dropping your awareness into that area of your body. And then if there is a question, if there is a choice that needs to be made and you're looking to move beyond the thoughts, the mind, the beliefs, the, the pain from the past, the question we can ask and the question that I ask myself in this moment is, what would I do if I was making a choice from love? What would it look like to take a step forward from a space of love? What would love do in this moment if I was embodying it? And then you listen, and then you feel, and then you take the step that is needed. And I usually take another deep breath in, breathing out slowly. And then open my eyes and come back to the 3D reality. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for taking us there. Thank you for taking me there. Uh, and and really sharing uh, in, in this mutually held space. Uh, that was just gorgeous. I, I want to encourage our viewers really to listen to the Cosmic Love Antenna. That is Harrison Mars podcast, which can be found. Tell us a little bit more about where you can be found and how people can get in touch with you. I appreciate you, Claudia. Thank you for giving me the space. So the Cosmic Love Antenna is you know, on, all, on all platforms. Listen to it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your beautiful podcast normally. Uh, I'm also accessible. People can reach out to me on all social. I'm on basically everything at Harrison Ma. That's Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. And you can also go to my website, harrisonmar.com. And at the moment, I do both one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. And listen to your heart, right? If you resonated with my frequency today, I'm sure that if you've, if you've listened this long, there's probably been things that have been coming up. And I can let you know from my heart to yours, I probably have the answers that you're looking for. So I love you, my friend. Thank you for having me. All right, beautiful souls, before I leave you today, I'm excited to share an announcement and a powerful transformation with you. Starting on January 1st, 2023, I'll be launching a one-year coaching program one-on-one -on -one with me. So if you're looking to move through inner child wounds, ancestral healing, spiritual gifts, overcoming religious trauma, or anything else you hear me speaking about on this podcast, then this program is for you. This is your opportunity to spend a year in my frequency to help you expand one-on-one -on -one straight into your nuanced, specialized, and individual needs. This is for you if you're ready, if you feel committed, if that heart is pulling you to the change that you deserve. If you feel like this is you, please message me the word, the comments, the statement, one year love on my email or on my social channels and we'll book your free call to feel in and tune in together to see if we're a good fit for this beautiful transformation. Please be aware I'm only bringing on a certain amount of people for this. So if this is you, please take this advantage before I fill up all my spots.
I'm excited if this is the pull that you need and I'm excited to get in touch and honored to take this journey with you. Sending love, sending light, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Trick